Manimal here. It's Tuesday, December 12th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to go over all the transactions that happened today across free agency. We're going to talk about Otani a little bit. We've also got a prospect that got hurt in the Mets system that we're going to talk about. Um, We're also going to talk about the Rangers signing. We've got uh, a little look at the catching position in the Rangers organization. And we're going to talk about our number 11 moment in the Texas Rangers 2023 top 15 moments of the year. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Hey, this is Mitch Garver. You're listening to Texas Rangers with the boys. Hey, thanks, buddy. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And hey, we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. Just a quick news flash. If you didn't know, the Texas Rangers are your 2023 World Series champions. And this is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. If you want to find Texas Rangers with the boys on social media, that's TX Rangers WTV. Hey, hey. And if you want to find us on our website, it's TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. And joining me, my two co-hosts, the 25-pound animal, my son, Baron, and the 300-pound animal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy? And where can they find you on social media? Well, first of all, hello to to our third co-host, Baron. I don't get to talk to him nearly as much as uh, my second co-host, but the last couple of nights he's been on. He's had hot sports opinions, and I hope the people have really enjoyed him because, you know, (laughs) it's not every day that you get opinions like that from from a one and a half year old on baseball and not quite one and a half but you know we, you get the idea um i know i know when they're under like three it's really like that half is like it, don't say half until they're at 18 months i get it i'm with it i'm but uh but no overall uh love having baron on the show as often as possible i hope the i hope the people listening to it don't uh don't hold his his super hot sports opinions against us. <laughs> um, but, but we're doing, we're doing pretty good over here. We got the missus back home and she's, uh, she's got, uh, she's got her all set up and doing much better today, today than she had been doing earlier in the day. But, uh, but um, no, that's neither here nor there. And uh, there'll probably be a time where we do talk about it more, but today's not the day. We're going to talk about baseball. We got a bunch on the plate. So I'm going to just tell everybody right now, Manimal Bull on Twitter, Manimal 300 on Instagram, and both Bull Pro on, and Bull Pro on both TikTok and uh, and Facebook. So, you know, I mean, you know how most of our crew is Facebook crew, but I get some Instagram stuff too. And uh, so whatever, you know, whatever your favorite platform is, hit me up on there. We'll talk Rangers baseball. Absolutely. So we have a, we have a full agenda today. Um, and we do also have some hot Rangers opinions that uh, we're going to give uh, today on a couple of different issues. So uh, though there may not be big news happening for the Rangers in, in terms of signing free agents, uh, there is definitely a, a lot going on in terms of just this team and, and how it's starting to shape up. So let's talk about first around the league, uh, Ronnie Mauricio. Oh man, you know, you even if it. it's the Mets, you know, like even if it's the Mets, you hate to see this kind of stuff. 
Yeah, because I think Ronnie Mauricio would have uh, maybe not left spring training as the starting third baseman, but I think he was going to compete for that thing over there with Beatty and some of the other young guys that they've got at third base. And and I, I, I think he was going to have a real chance to make the Mets up. Uh, team coming out of spring training but looks like that's going to have to be put on a little bit of a hold and hopefully you know hopefully this is something that he can get back in like six months and he can still play a little bit this year and and maybe start reaching some of that potential that he has over there for the Mets yeah yeah you know it's kind of like we never wish anything bad on anyone but you know I got a question out of this sure 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 okay so this is this happened Dominican Winter League game last night. He's just playing ball basically in his hometown in the winter. How how concerned because the the great Tom Grieve, he would label you lazy if you didn't go play winter ball. Okay. So, you know, with the returns being so much on a guy like Ronnie Mar- Ronnie Mauricio and him getting hurt, you know, but then at the same time, you're watching yesterday the Venezuelan home run derby, and you've got all these greats out there just tearing the cover off of the ball and having fun. Uh, how how much Dominican Winter League are you wanting your guys to play? I think it depends on who it is. I think having Cole Wynn out there at Winter League is huge for him because it, it's it's given him an opportunity to kind of like change his narrative. But I don't want yeah, and get some confidence too. But I don't want Wyatt Langford out there. Yeah, no, that's fair. no, I don't want Langford out there. Like, I don't want him out there. I don't want Jack Leiter out there. Uh, you know, like, like uh, I, I mean, I think it's more, it's more beneficial for the guys that need the extra work. I'm okay. looking at Ronnie Mauricio going, what extra work does this guy need? I mean, well, he's, I mean, yeah. he's old. He's, he's, he's only hit at the minor league level every single year since 2021. Um, he's got speed. Uh, I don't even, I don't understand that. That one blows. Kind of blows I, I think that's just what you do in the Dominican. You know, you go home and there's baseball games all around you and you just play ball. And, no, you don't. And... You're major. This is your job. This is not high school anymore. You know, like, I don't know. I, I don't, I wouldn't have been a fan of this. Uh, and I'll also, you know, quick PSA to Mets fans, you know, maybe stop wishing like guys that leave your team that go to other teams. Maybe stop wishing they could get hurt uh, so that, uh, you know, stuff like this, you might get a little more steep from the baseball world. Well, I um, real quick while we are talking about uh, Dominican Winter League, but in the uh, Mexican Winter League, old Cole Wynn is having a really good uh, good start to his season down there, a really good season altogether. And uh, that's kind of cool for him because he needs some confidence coming back to the to, to the States to play. Uh, this February. Yeah, we need him to put it together this year. Agree. <laughs> Agree. It has to come together this year like, in the rotation. Yeah, we need him to put it together. I mean, like, like he's got to put it together this year. Like, we, we, it's just got to be the year for Cole Wynn. Um, we'll talk about that on our Down on the Farm uh, with the boys, I'm sure, at some point uh, over the next couple weeks. Rowdy Tellis, one of my guys, because he's, you know, he's got the, he's got the Kevin Frazier build. Um, he gets... <laughs> He gets a one-year contract with Pittsburgh. I love Rowdy Tellers. Yeah, he can hit. Yeah. He can hit. I got excited over there. Yeah, he can hit. He's got some power. Yeah, yeah. Average has been dipping, though. I think that's the – I think maybe the big concern, the average has been kind of tanking a little bit over the the last couple years. 
And I think that's where you're seeing some some of the concerns um, with Tellis. Still got the pop, but you know that batting average when it starts getting down there in those two two teens. Uh, well, in the end, in Pittsburgh, he'll probably get a chance to hit every day too, which will probably help that. Yeah, big boy though, six four two seventy, dude could have been your tag partner. Uh, <laughs> Dylan Floro uh, goes to the Nats for one year. Yeah, just a bullpen hand. Um, mm. He was going to sign somewhere on a one-year of uh, Washington, as good a place as any. Mm. Dylan Floro, let me uh, <coughs> anything about this guy. Uh, man, he had a, he kind of had a he had a good run, but like we've said probably a thousand times on the show, bullpens are year to year, and he was lights out uh, up until really up until last year when he got that north of almost he almost had a five ERA. Uh, would have been a nice reclamation probably yeah. to get him cheap. Yeah, and I think that's what's basically happening. And, and Washington's looking at it if he is a reclamation project that works out. You think maybe flip him at the deadline, and you know you, you get something out of it, and it's worth it because you get a happier, good workout of Floro, and then you get a prospect on the back end of it. You think that maybe Washington might be interested in maybe offloading a couple of relievers now that. Uh... They signed uh, this guy, and we'll see. I hope so. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be. Uh, guys, wouldn't my feelings if, yeah, we got a couple, a couple of those back end guys like Harvey were available. Yeah, a couple of guys on that team we were interested in. Uh, ben Lively uh, signs a one year with the Guardians. Guardians pretty active this year. And another guy. I mean, that they're going to take a, give him a one year, and he was going to sign somewhere on a one year. Just depending on which one of those uh, mid level teams that it was going to end up being and uh, again probably the same thing uh, you get a half year out of them or three quarters of a year you send them on and and go from there so i'm not going to mention this next one yet seth lugo chris stratton the uh rangers junior uh team continues to be constructed out there in kansas city interested in either of those guys i know we we um, yeah, I mean, I kind of figured that Stratton would be gone. I didn't think there was going to be a ton of interest in bringing him back. I don't hate Chris Stratton. Uh, he had moments where he helped this ball club this past season. And, you know, Seth Lugo, probably a guy that the Rangers were probably going to be, uh, you know, linked a little bit to because he's kind of that middle of the rotation to back end rotation that maybe guys are thinking that they're more in – love with than the top of the free agent pool. Yeah, I mean a lot a lot like that Eovaldi contract with uh with Lugo. Uh what was it three and forty five, something like that? Yeah, I mean it's very similar and a little cheaper. I, mean, I yeah, like I couldn't even imagine that it being like I don't know. I, I they're not the same pitcher by any no. means. Lugo's been pitching out of San Diego's bullpen for a couple of years now and so who knows exactly what he's going to bring back to the rotation and uh, you know, question marks all around, but if there's ever a team that can, that can uh, live with question marks right now, it's Kansas city because no one's expecting them to compete for anything just yet, but they're going to be better with Pasquatch and, and Bobby Witt jr. And, and former Ranger Cole Raggins and former Ranger Will Smith and former Ranger, I don't know who else they got the, the uh, Chris Stratton. This and, team too. Or, 
Uh, is Lyles on this one too? Uh, yeah, former Ranger Jordan Lyles, and yeah, uh, you know, so Kansas City they got a, a handful. Um, I, I I couldn't even tell you all the Rangers. Maybe Barlow's still on that thing. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I know that I saw Taylor Hearn signed uh, to pitch in Japan next year instead mm-hmm. of with Atlanta or the Royals or whoever he had ended up with at the end of the season last year. I'm going to make a quick prediction when it comes to Taylor Hearn. I think he's going to put it together at some point. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think he probably will. He's got the stuff, man. Another- yeah, he's got he's got gas. He's got. He, I think he's either going to have to really figure out how to be a back end of the bullpen guy, or he's going to have to really learn how to be a starter. I don't think that middle of the bullpen is going to be for him. I just don't think it is, and I think that if he can, if he can get his stuff together in the in the rotation over in Japan and mm-hmm. get some confidence to go along with his stuff, that you know, I could you could see him back and 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 succeeding at the big league level. What do you think about this uh, Jung Hoo Lee guy? I mean, his his numbers of the KBO are 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 great. Uh, maybe like a poor man's kind of. Ichiro, um, a little. Um, yeah, you know, I would almost uh, like he he's got some pop. He's got some, you know, gap capabilities. I mean, he's a really good player, and you know, the little bit that I've seen of him in the KBO and on highlights and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I mean, you're not going to get the full picture and all that, but you know, very, you know, uh, Far East Asian swing. Um, but other than that, everything else, you know, fundamentally, fund- fundamentally super sound and, uh, makes a lot of contact. And, you know, I think San Francisco is probably getting a steal on the, on the deal. And that's why there's an option after the fourth year, because I think in four years, Lee is going to be a guy that's going to be, uh, capable of being like a star, the capable of having the star power to, to really, you know, get some, some big money in four years. Yeah, I like this guy. I mean, I really, I really, really do. And uh, the the funny thing is, is that um, this is like probably one of the. I think probably it might end up being the steal of the whole free agent year. And I'm not saying the best free agent signing, obviously, but the no, yeah, guy that you got the best bang for your buck. And unfortunately, the Rangers wouldn't have a place for him uh, currently with with the way this team's set up. But I, I think San Francisco is going to be happy with with the return on this guy and, and hope. Yeah. I think they finally got that, that free agent outfielder that they've been trying to get for, for several years now. And, you know, just missed on Aaron judge last year. And so it's good to see them get a guy and let's see if this guy lives up to the hype. And I, I think he will. Yeah. So another guy with a quoting you right now, uh far East swing. I don't know. If I don't know that. I mean, I don't really know what it means, but I like, like I can tell you when I see it. <laughs> but uh, with a probably the most powerful Fari swing we've seen uh, ever. Yeah, had, no doubt. Uh, the Shohei Otani contract. Uh, we could just go diving down a rabbit hole here, but uh, let's try not to because it's not about him. It's about the Rangers. But that contract, that is. Something else. Like a, right? I, I've had more weird conversations, economics conversations with people uh, around this contract and like cheating conversations. I think that's the main conversation is like, is this a way of them circumventing the system? And like, how are they, how is this okay in terms of really almost like cheating? here's 
here's why this doesn't happen very often. Because most of those kids that are getting to free agency, right, they don't have any money because they've been playing off of of ownership contracts and arbitration contracts, and they're about to finally get paid. So they want their money when they want their money. Well, Otani doesn't have money issues. I mean, he made, what, like 30-something last year off of our off of his arbitration he has a huge deal with uh under uh, under armor and new balance oh, or whoever he, all that he's got his contracts uh, with his his endorsement contracts sorry to interrupt but just worth noting are worth over 45 million dollars just in endorsements alone a year yeah yeah, yeah. so th- so he's in a position where money doesn't really turn the knob for him like winning does right like i mean so he's kind of in like a different position because he's played for the Angels the last several years. He realizes that like having the two best players in baseball play together doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and, and, you know, if he'd have been back in Anaheim, they would have, you know, tied $80 million up to him and Trout. and They'd never had any cap room to spend. And so he comes up with this idea and this is his idea or his team's idea that he can defer all this money, only take the, what, like $46 million hit against the cap that they have to, you know, charge on it or whatever, and then take the rest of it in deferrals. And, you know, I've seen like weird, like money payouts on this and all kinds of stuff where, you know, like, I mean, Basically, it's Otani losing money, saving the Dodgers money, and then taking his deferrals, you know, tax free against the, uh, away from the state of California. So I mean, he he's gonna make like a, a million two after taxes, like his seasons playing for the Dodgers. Right. Okay. So all that I get it, and we even talked about like how this is going to affect him and inflation. He could lose upwards of $200 million, but hey, what does it convert to? And uh, the I can't remember what it's called, the CS. But how much money do you actually have to have? You know what I'm saying? Well, right. I mean, no, like, I understand. Like, that's, that's, that's not even an issue. Like, if that was the case, he could just be like, well, I don't need $700 million, so just give me a $400 million contract. They don't do that. You have to get your market worth. And I, it's just, I, inflation is a thing, like, how it converts to the money in China, like is another thing that could be talked about, but all that is really the economic side. What I'm talking about that that makes me think that the real, I I'm going to say it's a problem. The thing that I think is a problem here is this is circumventing the system. Like this is a way to like really cheat the system because the luxury tax is there for a reason. Like it's, it's like, how is this allowed because it does kind of make other teams like around, like it's not really fair that other teams now are going to have to go up against a team who's basically paying. I mean, what, what is, uh, I don't know what he's going to count against the cap every year or against a luxury tax, like four and a half million. 40, 46 million. Okay. So he's going to count 46 million yearly. Right. Okay. So that's actually, Actually, I mean, it's not 70, but it's also, you know, I mean, but, I mean he's taking the hit to, for it to not be. Well, but that's that's a lot of money over a 10-year. That's $115 million over the contract that it just feels like it just feels like they're gaming the system a little bit here. And oh, I agree. I don't. I, I totally I like, agree. I don't mind uh, the guy getting $700 million. I just don't like the impact 
And again, hear me talking about the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Rangers, like these big, these teams that want to spend money, see something like this. And it's like, this is an unfair balance, you know, like this isn't a way, this isn't a fair competition. Like this isn't competing fairly. Um, well, what, what, what I think is that if it was like Kansas city who had done this, that like the league would have vetoed it. Right. Cause they were like Kansas city. You know? Nah, nah, you ain't going to Kansas city and paying, playing for $2 million and, mm-hmm. and all that. Like, so in my opinion, I feel like if it was a, if it was a small market, if like the Minnesota twins did something like this, that like everybody would be in an uproar and it would be like vetoed. Yeah. Well, Let's stay out of this rabbit hole because it could just keep going and going. Um, yeah, I think we should talk about Friday, yeah. January 26th, right? Yeah. Ginger. Yeah, because uh, it's coming up. It's going to be here before you know it. And uh, Matt War Pro is going to be right back at the Southside Preservation Hall. And uh, Big Dogs Hot Dogs, uh, Starry's Ice Cream, uh, Kelly's Onion Burger is all going to be out there. Martin House Brewing is going to be out there giving away free beer. Um, it's all—it's always a big time when we're out at the Southside Preservation Hall. Get there early because it fills up fast, and uh, it'll sell out. There's only—you know—there's only capacity for about 250 people in that building, so it's going to fill up and it'll sell out fast. So you want to get there, and uh, as soon as we know more about tickets, we'll pass that along. But there will always be tickets at the door, and uh, you know, as long as uh, as long as we're not. As long as the fire marshal isn't shutting us down, we're going to be letting people in. Absolutely. Super pumped about it. Can't wait. Right by the, right by the in-laws, right across from that skate park. Uh, love that part of town in Fort Worth as well. A lot of cool stuff. Over the there. historical district of Fort Worth. And, you know, I mean, that, that Lipscomb, Rosedale, College, College Avenue, all of those right there. That's, the, that's that real heart of where... The South Side, oh, that South Side really begins for Fort Worth, and it's that that Fairmont historical and Ryan's place and all those places over there is just such a, a historic area for Fort Worth, and they're trying to really, uh, you know, bring that area back to life, and we're doing our part with Matt War Pro and bringing some fun wrestling to a, a really cool classic building like the South Side Preservation Hall. Yeah, yeah, go try to buy a house over there, and you'll find out real quick that that area the- uh, gentrified yeah it's getting gentrified quickly <laughs> uh, so rangers news um juan tinoco brought back on a minor big moves by the rangers by the way yeah huge huge move we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for ranger news but uh was it, was it juan or jesus tanaga i think it's juan tanaga i'm not sure what look, give me that yeah juan juan he uh he, he gave up number 62 to aaron judge Mm-hmm. that's his uh, claim to fame that's like it's like his mike bassick you know giving up bonds is 756 hmm. it's like so um i don't know how long i don't know if he'll make the team i really couldn't tell you he spent a year over in uh, japan last year had a pretty decent year um enough to get himself a minor league contract going into a uh you know uh an opportunity to make a club somewhere but nothing super special um, I don't know if he'll make the team or not. You know, we'll see as we get through spring training and, you know, we'll, we'll follow that all the way through 
uh, February and March, like we did last year and, and, you know, keep an eye on guys like him and, uh, you know, whoever the Rangers bring in that are going to have a chance to make this team as a, a bullpen hand. And, you know, I'm not saying that he won't make the team because I don't, I don't have any guarantees. He could come back and be lights out from, from a stint overseas and, and, uh, you never know. Hey, Seuss. Tinoco. Jesus. Yeah, I thought it was Jesus. I must have put that in wrong. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, no, I thought it was Jesus. I couldn't remember. But uh, but anyway, I mean, either way, I mean, guys, uh, uh, you know, he's been in the big leagues a little bit. He wasn't awful here when he was here, but he wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, a lot can happen in a year. And, and like we say, you know, bullpens are always year to year and if not you know there's a good possibility that he hangs around at round rock and becomes depth for later on in the season yeah i mean he he's he has some pretty decent um he's had some ups and downs in terms of minor leagues uh it looks like the rangers used him as a bullpen guy mostly and he was Mm -hmm. successful out of the bullpen so maybe that's a, a resurgence for him uh, starting the bullpen, moving into the bullpen, and maybe just being a starter uh, wasn't the wasn't the thing for him. But uh, yeah, and I can see that too. And I mean, again, a lot of times when a guy goes overseas, you know, he he puts something together over there that he doesn't have here, and 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 maybe that could be that little bit that gets him to a spot where he's more productive uh, on the second go around. Going to be really competitive in that bullpen for the Rangers this year. Uh, Always, yeah. There'll be a hundred guys in in spring training trying to <laughs> trying to land a job. Well, and speaking of competitive, uh, we know that Jonah Heim has this catcher position locked down, but we're going to go ahead and launch out into our kind of position uh, reviews for, for the team. This, where does everything stand? Who who we who do we have coming in? What's the plan? Or uh, what do we think the plan is going to be? And then you know, what do we think if anything the Rangers need to do? Uh, as far as making moves. So we know Jonah Heim is the starting catcher, all-star, um, you know, gold Glover, gold Glover. I mean, in, in most teams, he would be the most valuable player on their team just happens to be on a team full of all-stars. Um, so we know he's got that locked up, but after Jonah Heim, things get really interesting uh, at this position for the Rangers. Uh, I'll go ahead and turn over to you. Well, you know, I mean, we, we know Haim is going to be back and we know Haim is going to be behind the plate for the majority of the season next year. Um, he, he really blossomed into his own this year. and We kind of saw it come, coming the year before that with him having a really, really strong first half. He was able to piece a much better second half together this year even with the injuries. Also, a, a key note on Jonah Heim is, if you remember correctly, when he hurt his wrist, it was like, can we get him through to the offseason so he could have surgery? Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of helped. It kind of uh, healed itself on its own. Mm-hmm. And he, there was no need for surgery after the season. So that that's a big that's a big thing for Heim, and he's going to come into spring training 100% healthy. And uh, you know, last year we kind of knew that the backup going into spring training was going to be Mitch Garver, or you know, vying for more playing time depending on how you looked at things. Sandy. But this year, you know, the backing up Heim is probably going to be Sam Huff. Uh, they're out of options on him. Once spring training is over and they have to, to make a decision if they want to 
uh, send him back down to the minors, you know, they're going to have to send him through everybody. Well, and, and let me remember last year, Sandy Leone beat out Sam Huff. Well, I don't think that's – they both started the season at Round Rock last year. But remember, Sandy Leone was the one that got the early call up, and though he didn't make it through the season, Sam Huff, I, again, I'm, I want him to make the team. But it's just, you know, when Austin – It's hard to put – yeah, I mean, it, again, and, it, and that's why I, I don't doubt that there will be a, a Sandy Leone-type player in camp this year to, to push him. Right. I mean, they aren't going to pay him one year and four million like like the Guardians paid Hedges. Mm. So you know, I mean, like, but there there there'll probably be someone like that, you know. May and it may even be Sandy Leone. You never know, you know. So get the trade. Uh, we'll get him for like um, for penny. Yeah. Uh, well, he'll be available. <laughs> he'll definitely be available on a minor league deal for somebody. Well, and, okay. So, but let's talk about but, the situation. And what the possibilities might be, and 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 really like, should we bring Garver back? That's kind of the, the. Well, I think Garver. Even if you do bring him back, I don't think that affects my opinion that Sam Huff will probably start the season as the backup catcher. I agree. I, I don't think that changes it at all because I think that if you're going to bring Mitch Garver back, you're bringing Mitch Garver back for a stick, and you're bringing Mitch Garver back to hit every day. It's a it's a luxury that he could play some some catcher. It's a luxury that he could maybe play some first base even. But you know, Nate Lowe played 161 games last season. Uh, you you don't want to expect anything less than that. I mean, I know injuries happen, but you don't want to you know think anything less until that happens. You don't want to you know we don't want to talk about Seager missing a third of the season again this year. We want him to be healthy like the year before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But anyway, uh, uh, back to the catcher role. Uh, I think if Garver is brought back, I don't think that changes Sam Huff. Um, you know, at the minor leagues level, I mean, there's not a ton behind Sam Huff as far as guys that are going to produce at the big league level. Um, maybe Liam Hicks. Uh, we really liked what he did in the Arizona Fall League this year. Um, able to put a lot of uh, – bat on ball and able to get a lot down and, and a big on base percentage, but the slug wasn't exactly there. Um, and then once you get lower than that, you know, we, you got to go down low, like, like Jesus Lopez and guys like that before you find another real prospect prospect in the catching department. Ian Moeller's there. Uh, you know, there's some guys, but not really real prospects. And, um, you know, so you're looking at you're looking at Huff probably as your best bet. And then you're, you're going to need depth at AAA. I would imagine that Liam Hicks probably starts at AAA and then, you know, double A and down. You're going to be kind of lapsed in between their portions in there. Uh, um, what about um, the guy that plays multiple? Is it Freeman? Uh, Cody Freeman, yeah, I mean, again, though, he should just be kind of starting the year at, at double A this year. And, I mean, he's going to slow roll because, you know, how catchers, like to me, catchers, you just keep going through the system. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're at high A, you try and be at, at, low, at double A the next year. Um, try not to have to repeat, but it's hard. You know, David Garcia's repeated 
almost every level and, and you know he's become a free agent and we'll just see if they bring him back again this year um it just uh it's a tough position to develop and when you've got one like Jonah Heim you just be really thankful that he developed the way he did yeah yeah I, I couldn't agree more with you on that and I think Garver is a really interesting situation now that um, well, and when you talk about him at DH, and I think we can kind of move over real quick before we get out of here tonight into that DH role. Yeah. I mean, when you when you talk about uh, when you talk about the DH role, I mean, a lot of people are wanting to put that on Wyatt Langford, but I don't really want Wyatt Langford to just DH. If I mean, if he's going to be up here, I want him to, be, or you know, someone gets hurt and you really need that role from him. But I would prefer, you know, him play a position, uh, especially with a young, being young. Um, you know, is Foskey ready to hit at the big league level? Mm-hmm. And is he ready to slug enough to be a DH at the big league level? Um, well, and then, you know, so yeah, like the uh, is, is this you know, we're in a championship window? Is this the time to the what if things, or is this the time to like? Hey, you need an insurance policy no matter what. Make these young guys earn these spots. Otherwise, they're great trade, they're great trade material. Well, and if you and if you want to do the one-year thing, I believe that both Justin Turner and JD Martinez are two guys that you could do on a one-year that are guys that are finishing up their career. They can both still hit. I like all three um, of them. I'll take you know, I mean, but because of the versatility, but I like I like I like all of those guys. Honestly. I yeah, I don't hate any of those guys, and I don't think that I don't think that Garver on two or three years is gonna is gonna cripple the franchise. I think it's a guy that's gonna produce in the uh, in the middle of the lineup for three years, and a guy that if he's not playing a ton of position, you know, at catcher, then he, he's gonna hit, and he and and that's what he does. I mean, he hits. Mm-hmm. So you know, but at the same time, if you're looking for a one year, I don't think that Justin Turner or um, JD Martinez is a bad option there. Uh, I know that you're going to have to pay a little bit more for those guys than you probably would for for Garver, but you know you just kind of got to you know test those waters, see where they're at, and see if they're you know looking for one or looking for more, and then make the decision that's best for your window and and for your clubhouse. Yeah. So you brought up Wyatt Lane, I'm, and and I think we'll kind of close the door on this because there's. There's a lot of options here, and I think the Rangers have a lot of flexibility here uh, to to kind of play around with. And and we might see a situation where they want to see what they got a little bit. But I'm a big fan of like having an insurance policy there. So you brought up Langford, you brought up Foscue. Uh, I we could I would be remiss not to bring up um, our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys, where we cover all things Rangers minor league. Uh, we just put in some work on that Dominican Summer League and the Arizona Complex League. Now it's time to get on to our top 40 prospects that we break up into two shows. It's going to be your next 20 and then your top 20. Uh, so you will hear – Evan saw him. He knows what, he knows what to expect now. Yeah, and, and let me tell you what. Uh, your Christmas present from the boys is we're going to drop that top 20 prospect list for you guys uh, the week of Christmas. So – have yourself a merry little Christmas on the boys for just a dollar ninety nine a month. That's your Christmas present to us. Tell the missus that's what you want hey. for Christmas. Hey, if all you ask or the mister, depending on hey. who's listening. Right. And and if that's all you're asking your significant other for for Christmas is a is a two dollar subscription to the boys so you can get your baseball fill. 
I think that's a great that's a great negotiation tool for you. So and it's a great stocking stuffer for the kids. I agree. If your kid, yeah, get your kids on board with with the boys. Crack put put your Spotify on your TV and and turn the boys on while you're while you're cooking dinner or having some having the Christmas meal. Uh, and and you can hear uh, or your opening presents. Yeah, you can listen to the Texas Rangers with the boys count down the top twenty. Yeah, I mean this is so such a versatile gift that you can give uh, your family at Christmas time. So just run on over there to TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com, all one word, and hit that subscribe button there. Or you can go to our Spotify page. You can subscribe there as well. Again, one more time, just a dollar ninety nine. Make us sure. I saw I saw a couple of you subscribe today, so thank you for that. We love it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it. It's humbling, man. It really, it really is. It sounds like cliche, but it really is humbling that people are paying money to listen to us talk about baseball. Um, so let's keep doing what we get. We're getting paid to do. Uh, I'm. So we got really, one more segment, right? We've yeah. been doing a thing. I'm getting really into this. I didn't think I was going to get this into it, but I'm really into it now. Um, because remembering 2023, I think is something that we'll do for the rest of our lives. So it would behoove us not to give our top 15 moments over our next 15 episodes to end the year. And we are on number 11. This one, man, I felt it. When we start talking about it, I felt it because it was a night. Now let me set, let me set the stage. The night before we had lost our first game in our city connect jerseys uh, on a Friday night against Oakland. And if there is anything that's going to make you feel depressed, it's going out there in your brand new city connect. Everybody's wearing them. Everybody's talking about it. It's all the big rave in the, in the, in the local Metroplex. And you go out and you lose to the worst team in baseball, possibly almost in baseball history, the first night. And I'm thinking, dang, man, like, (laughs) are we ever going to wear these jerseys again? And then the next night, Adalas Garcia. Yeah, Adalas hit three home runs, had eight RBIs. What was it? Twelve. He had fourteen total bases. It was a, a tremendous night for the Texas Rangers, and it was a big night for Adalas Garcia. And it was kind of that big moment of the season early in April where you're like feeling like every night they're scoring ten runs. Yeah. If you, I mean, you know, and then. Like you were saying, that, that night before, here come the, the lowly angels walk us off, right? The beginning of those. I thought it was. The uh, beginning of those. I mean, the, the athletics. The athletics, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Was the, and they walk us off, right? They're, and you're thinking, oh, here we go. What what the what the F, you know? <laughs> and and uh, that next night, here comes here comes the dollies back. And he, he just puts the whole thing on his shoulder and uh, on his back and and just such a huge night for for the rangers and such a huge night for adolis garcia and that redemption really felt good on uh what day we decide that was an 18 to 3 win on uh uh april 22nd and uh the rangers you know that second night with the the city connects felt a little bit better yeah so garcia listen to this now this is this is hilarious so he goes into the game. He goes into this game with, let's see here. Hold on a second. Goes into the game batting 208, 253 on base with a 389 uh, slug. He comes out of that game at 260, 
with a 306 on base and a 571 slug. Talk about and almost a 900 ops. <laughs> right. Talk about a statistical turnaround. Three homers, two doubles, five hits, 16 total bases, eight runs. One of those, I think one of those doubles uh, bounced over the uh, – Bounced over the fence too. I think it was like one of those one hop, uh, one hop double kind of things. And I want to say his OPS. I don't think it got under five again for the rest of the year after that game. I mean, what? Yeah, he, he he was he was tremendous all season. But on this night, it really just sums up what kind of guy he he was. And I mean, you know, when you look at this lineup. I mean, this lineup that night was Simeon, Jankowski, Lowe, Garcia, Young, Heim, Brad Miller, Josh Smith, and Leody Tavares. And wasn't this? Didn't we have? Didn't we have? Um, wasn't were we having the J- Jacob Degrom scare during this time as well? Um, I know this. He pitched the next day, if I remember correctly, and threw seven scoreless innings and we're all back to like oh DeGrom's fine no and then like next year this was a scare huh? period though this was like did he already he already had one scare right yeah so at this point a little yeah I, I i could see that yeah the kansas city game where he had a shutout so you go out there you have you have you have DeGrom leave against kc then you come- seekers out yes because he he had his hamstring thing yeah so so you're going into this series on Friday night. I mean, the City Connect hype is the hype train is as high as it gets. You're thinking Oakland, hey, we got to at least get this first one, right? And we go, we and get what was that? Wasn't that a Will Smith home run or something? I don't think it was even Will Smith yet at that point. They, I think the oh, it was, it was Will Smith. Okay, you're right, you're right. No, but Hernandez blew it, blew the save. And then I don't have the stats pulled up, but and then Smith got the loss on it. Yeah, because he gave up like the the home run that actually lost us the game, but the blown save happened a little earlier. And so it's like yeah. just gut wrenching, like you're just feeling terrible. And Garcia just, I mean, as he had done so many times in 2023, takes this thing, puts it on his back, and says, "Hey, let's ride. I got you. I got y'all." So. Moment number 11 for this. And 18 runs later. <laughs> and everything felt different, right? Like, you could feel it. Like, it was. A- yeah, and, and I mean, and they went. After that game, they went on a, you know, they they won the next night in Oakland. They uh, they lost two or three in uh, Atlanta. And then they won three against oh, Colorado, two or three against Pittsburgh, two or three against Baltimore, two or three against Detroit. Two, two or three against Seattle, two or three against St. Louis. So, you know, they had just a magic run right there from like right behind it that just, I mean, it, it was just pretty, you know. Well, it just, I think too, like, I think it was in a, like, there's an example at the time you didn't know it because it was just er- so early in the season. But that was the beginnings of showing what kind of heart. Remember how much time we, so many times we talked about the heart that this team had? has had or had or has however you want to say it um this was kind of a moment where you saw like hey you know like all the chips are down right now but you know we've got heart we're not out of this and again garcia kind of was the the guy that did that for this team all the way through the season all the way up through the alcs so 
Well, and this was that time of the year where they could have rolled over, played dead, and we've got a lot of moments on here from that. And we already talked about one with, you know, uh, Dunning, and we've got others from this time frame of of just moments that that helped on this list. So we'll get to the, more of those later. But this was a huge one for Garcia, and you know, I, I mean. We could talk about Adalis all day and Bombi and his big giant light bulb head and uh, you know Matt. whatever whatever testosterone he's taking right now that the Astro fans believe it's working. Yep, probably just TRT. Doctor gave it to him, totally legal. Um, probably so. So hey, thank you everybody for tuning in. Texas Ranger with the boys. Don't forget to check us out on social media. TX Rangers WTV. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Oh, one word. Where you can subscribe to our exclusive content, Down on the Farm with the Boys, where we cover all things Texas Raiders minor league. Thank you for subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform. One more time, thank you to our new subscribers, to our exclusive content. We put in the work. We're loving it. Hope you guys are loving it. For the 300-pound animal, this is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the Boys, signing out.